I'm Jeff Gehrman, an investigative reporter with the Las Vegas Review-Journal. I'm your guide for season two of Mobbed Up, The Fight for Las Vegas. You're in with every gangster and hoodlum in the United States. I don't go for that, Mr. Kennedy. I don't go for that kind of action. I was on television accused of fronting for the mob. Subscribe to Mobbed Up, The Fight for Las Vegas, season two, today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's Friday, which means it's time for unsportsmanlike conduct with your hosts, Adam Hill and Ed Green. Hey, welcome into Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation. This podcast is brought to you by the Las Vegas Review Journal and presented by Blue Wire. We're your hosts, Ted Graney and Adam Hill, and we're here each week to give you our thoughts on the Las Vegas Raiders before entering the world of news and topics we seem to find interesting. Here we go. Adam, um, I want to start with some news with this week. We'll get to training camp in a second because I know uh, Raider fans, people are excited that uh, players report on Tuesday, but Mark Bidane, the president of the Raiders, uh, resigned. Suddenly, I think you and I believe, given the uh, press release was sent out late in the day, it was two paragraphs. For some reason, it was all cop- capital letters. That was a little strange. Um, but, you know, he, he resigned and he, he did an incredible job. You remember Mark Bedane, I think, for his time with the Raiders, 30 years. But he's the one really who was the forefront of building Allegiant Stadium. His reasoning publicly has been that he wants to spend more time with his family. Uh, it's been a long time building the stadium. I think he's, you know, just probably exhausted in a lot of ways. But what did you think when you when you first saw this? I know we both talked on that day. Yeah, I mean, I think, first of all, the thing that caught my attention, just like you seem to indicate there, is uh, that the press release read like a ransom note. Yes. Uh, I don't I don't understand capitalizing the first word of every single uh, or first letter of every single word in a statement that was very odd and weird. Um, I don't get it, uh, but I guess somebody had their reasons for doing it that way. Um it's there. There has to me. There has to be something more to the story, but it doesn't have to be anything, you know, nefarious or crazy. Right. Um, like you know, I think right away people are like, "Oh, was there some kind of a uh, you know scandal, or is there a crime, or something behind the scene?" Like, it doesn't have to be anything like that. It could be that he got another job, or that you know he just you know one day just woke up and decided not to do it. Like, there's there's something more, but that that doesn't mean it's anything crazy. It could just be that you know he he wants to explore another opportunity or something like that. So we'll we'll find out in due time. I know you know you communicated with him. I communicated with him a little bit this week as well. Um, it seems like there's other opportunities out there somewhere, and whether you know that's something he's going to announce right away or just take some time. Maybe he wants to take a couple months off and then do something else. I don't know, but it did seem like it came a little bit from out of nowhere, and I don't think you know people were necessarily prepared for it. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's anything bad. No, not at all. The other thing is, look, I mean, they, the camp opens, uh, players report Tuesday. Camp, uh, I think, practices uh, Wednesday morning. We'll be there bright and early. Um, but at the end of the day, we, we knew Mark Bedane because, one, we covered the Raiders and they moved here. But essentially because I don't think, as Mark Davis, the owner, told me, I don't think Allegiant Stadium gets built without Mark Bedane. He was the one at every um, – every, uh, Stadium Authority Board meeting, he was the one talking to legislature, uh, being with the governor, um, a lot of things that led to Legion Stadium being built. But let me ask you this. I mean, at the end of the day, I know who Mark Bedane is. I only know the Dallas Cowboys president because I think he's the son of Jerry, if that's what even Steven does. But this is a position mostly he's just on the business side of things. I mean, and you know football as well as anyone. Can you name me five presidents of teams? Uh, I don't think so. No. So I mean, it's a it's a business. It's mostly a business side per, per, um, position um, that you know we knew Mark because of Allegiant. I thought he did a great job there. But in terms of the football side of things and what's going to happen Tuesday, they win report and going forward. 
there's a lot of guys over there who kind of need to do their jobs better and, and, and start focusing on them. Yeah, for sure. And, and like, I, I do want to make that part of it clear um, in that, you know, I think a lot of people understand this, but I saw a lot of things on Twitter of maybe he was the one holding the Raiders back or, no. you know, maybe now they'll sign free agents or like all this other no. craziness. No. Like Mark Bedane is a very prominent figure. He's a very well-known figure among Raiders fans because he's been so forward-facing in the move and everything else. But his job has nothing to do with football. And, and no. you know, I saw I saw a lot of people like speculating like, oh, maybe, you know, like Charles Woodson or maybe somebody like that could take the job. And that's possible. But this is not like a personnel decision type position. You know, it's it's a guy who runs the business side of things, who uh, is in meetings with, you know, the stadium authority and uh, with sponsors and that sort of thing. It's not somebody who's sitting there and making free agent decisions or, you know, running the scouting department, anything like that. Like those are two completely different worlds that I want to make sure everybody understands that uh, that's where his job lies. So, you know, I, did, I also saw some comment of like, who cares? He hasn't taken us to the playoffs since he took it. Like, <laughs> not his job. Not his, it has nothing to do with it. Mark Bedane's not calling plays. No. Um, uh, defensively, maybe he should. But uh, the guy taking over for him, this is all you need to know, is Dan Ventrell. He's been with him 17 years. What was his position before this? He negotiated contracts and he was on the legal side of things. So this is not a position where, you know, the quote unquote X and O football background really has anything to do with it. Again, I, I, I'm checking myself, but I believe Stephen Jones is the president under his dad, Jerry, who runs everything. But, you know, Stephen Jones would only have football knowledge because of being around his dad his whole life. But again, it's not a football position. So uh, I was interested. I mean, look, I don't know anything about Dan Ventrell. Um, I know that Mark Davis likes to stay in the family. Mark Bedane was in the family when Amy Trask left. Uh, Davis told us that uh, he will do a search and we'll, he'll give Ventrell, a, a, you know, a chance to sink or swim with this. But I, I think if Dan Ventrell steps up and, you know, handles the business side of things well, I think we'll both be surprised if he's just not the guy because Davis, as we know, and the, and the Raiders like to stay within the family. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, we'll, we'll find out if, you know, he certainly is uh, probably a leading candidate now that he's uh, in the job, at least on an interim basis, and uh, certainly be considered uh, for the role. And, and Mark Davis said as much, but, uh, that, you know, they'll, they'll see if there's somebody out there. And, you know, like, you know, what he said of maybe there's somebody out there who was meant to do this job and we'll find them and uh, they'll look around. But you're right. I mean, he, he tends to be fairly loyal. Uh, I'd be surprised if whoever takes over the job isn't somebody he already knows or has some familiarity with. All right. So here we go on Tuesday, the players report. Um, I want to get into, you did a great job. Uh, uh, story today is going to be in the review journal. We're taping this on Thursday night. It'll be in, it's on, it's online right now and you can check it out on Friday's paper because news came out and I'll let you tell the people about it in case, you know, by the time they listen to it, they don't, they're not completely caught up with um, mandates uh, from the league on COVID. We've seen a backlash of response from NFL players, including uh, one in Jalen Richard of, of the Raiders in terms of how they feel with this. But update us now on the mandate from the league when it comes to COVID, because I think that this is about as stern as this league has really ever been with COVID. Yeah, and it is, but it's it's another, and I think the bottom line of this message is the same message that the league has been sending with everything it's done this offseason. Uh, it is... Nobody is going to force anybody to get vaccinated. It's not a it's not a mandate. You don't have to get it done. You don't have to get vaccinated to play. But it's strongly encouraged. And if you don't, then it's at your own risk. And there's going to be penalties for it if you are the cause of something going wrong. Uh, that's pretty much been uh, a common theme here. And uh, we know a couple of weeks ago we got the you know we got the memo that 
essentially unvaccinated players are going to be treated the same way they were last year with testing every day, with distancing, can't eat meals, can't go out on the road. Um, everything that was in place last year is also going to be in place this year, while vaccinated players are going to have a lot of relief from that. Uh, so essentially it was, hey, you don't have to get vaccinated, but it will benefit your life and it will be a competitive edge if you do get vaccinated. And that was kind of the message. And now we see it one more time. And the 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 gist of it is, if there is an outbreak among a team this year and it causes a game to get postponed, it's going to be a forfeit if it's a breakout among unvaccinated players. If you have, if you have a breakout among vaccinated players, hey, those are breakthrough cases, nothing you can do. Right. And, and yeah, you can still get COVID. It's usually going to be much more mild. It's not going to affect you as much, but you can still get it. And in that case, hey, you did everything you could to try to prevent it, and there's going to be no penalty for it. But if you're not vaccinated and you put your team and the league in that kind of a position – then there's going to be prices to pay. Now, I will say right now, there is a lot of bluster and a lot of talk and a lot of freaking out about this. I'm going to predict there's not a single forfeit in the NFL this year. Uh, I know the Raiders were one of the most, you know, COVID-affected teams last season. Yes. Guess how many games they would have forfeited even last year when there was all kinds of trouble? Zero. 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 They were able to play the games on the day they were supposed to play them. Uh, yeah, the one game got moved off prime time because they were worried maybe they'd have to do something about it, but they still were able to play it. Uh, there was a couple of games where coaches were absent, but they played all the games. There would be no forfeit for the Raiders last year, a team that was as affected as anyone in the league. It wouldn't have been a forfeit. So I, I wouldn't be worried too much that there's going to be a rash of forfeits, that this is going to be some huge epidemic in the league this year of of games that aren't played and are awarded to one team. It's just essentially a message to everyone that, hey, if you are, if, you know, if you're not going to get the shot and you want to put yourself and your teammates and your community in that kind of risk, it's fine. But if something goes wrong, you're going to have a very, very significant penalty to pay. And I, I think that that's the message and that's that's what they're trying to get out there. But there's not going to be a whole lot of bite to this. Now, there would be if something happened, but I don't foresee this actually being an issue. I think it's more just, hey, go get vaccinated. Yeah, I I am totally with you. I'll be absolutely floored and shocked if they forfeit a game. And that goes, that goes in college, too. We know the SEC, the Big 12, Mountain West, Craig Thompson, Mountain West Media Day was in town. We asked Craig Thompson that the other day. Same thing. Hey, if, it, if the numbers get to the point where we would have to reschedule like last year, there's no reschedule and we'll forfeit you out. I don't think that has any chance happening in the NFL. Uh, now, I'm not sitting here and saying any NFL team could be 100%. I don't know if any team will be 100% uh, vaccinated. I know Mark Davis told us today, the owner of the Raiders, he hopes his team meets the threshold. Um, but as we saw, and you know, can, you can speak to this, I mean, there were some pretty strong opinions by NFL players. We know Cole Beasley's kind of led the way on this. But today we saw, whether it was Jalen Rashard or the others, that have harsh opinions on this. I shouldn't say harsh but strong opinions their way about getting vaccinated. And I just can't see those guys coming back around to like then flipping over and say, well, I'm going to go ahead and get vaccinated. Yeah, neither can I. Um, But I do find a lot of the, you know, a lot of the back and forth and a lot of the machinations inside locker rooms very fascinating and intriguing. Um, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins essentially hinted he could retire, which of course was silly and it was an immediate reaction. Uh, Leonard Fournette came right out and said, I'm not getting it. Not going to happen for me. So we know the Bucks are. By the way, he did delete that tweet. Sure. Well, and Hopkins did, and Fournette did. A lot of people are deleting it. Um, The Bills have been one of the most fascinating teams all along. 
Uh, there's been all kinds of things coming out from them. Uh, and I found very interesting today that a player that we haven't heard a whole lot from from the Bills, uh, John Feliciano, uh, came out and, listen, getting the shot or not getting the shot is absolutely your your uh, preference. It's yes. your right. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, where I have a problem isn't if, if somebody comes out and says, Hey, listen, I don't, I don't trust it. There's, there's reasons I have, uh, I'm skeptical. Uh, I, I'm thinking that I'm not going to get it and that's just how I'm going to go. And I, I understand the risks and I understand the risks to my team, but I'm just not going to get it. That's fine. But don't put out things that are demonstrably false on social media as your reason, because not for no other reason. I mean, one, you're, you know, you're spreading more information that people shouldn't hear because it's not true and that you're impacting other people in their decision making. But also for another simple reason, you look like a moron. So when John Feliciano comes out and says, I'm not getting the vaccine because Dr. Fauci owns Pfizer and that's why he's get, trying to get us to do this. Well, you're an idiot. You clearly didn't do research. You're listening to some memes on Facebook. And now you're, you're, you're showing yourself to be, you know, not intelligent. And so that, that's where problems come in. And that's where you're like, Hey, listen, there, that goes above and beyond just not getting the shot or making a personal decision to not do it. Because there are people that look up to you. There are people that, that are looking for information. And if you say there's reasons, Hey, maybe somebody says, okay, uh, I like this person. I respect this person. Um, maybe I'm not going to get it for my own personal reasons too but not because of things that are false and untrue. That just says that you haven't done the research, that you haven't looked into it, that you're not making an informed decision and, and you're spreading it to other people that could be influenced. So uh, that's where there's a problem. And I thought it was very interesting that John Feliciano not only put out information that wasn't true, one of his teammates, uh, Jerry Hughes, Jerry Hughes actually was taking shots at other people, not his own teammate, right. but he was taking shots at other people. Like, how can you be so stupid to think that the top scientists in the world are all working together to try to solve a global health crisis. And like, now you don't trust that, but you trust Facebook memes and, and not knowing he's not directly addressing his teammate, but in the end he kind of is like, how does that locker room work? I'm Jeff Gehrman, an investigative reporter with the Las Vegas review journal. I'm your guide for season two of Mobbed Up, The Fight for Las Vegas. You're in with every gangster and hoodlum in the United States. I don't go for that, Mr. Kennedy. I don't go for that kind of action. I was on television accused of fronting for the mob. Subscribe to Mobbed Up, The Fight for Las Vegas, season two, today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Gotcha. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I, I read most of them today online and uh, I'm with you that there won't be any forfeits, but these locker room kind of back and forth and opinions on backs and non-backs is going to be very interesting as we start playing this out, because I do think there will be some inherent pressure once camp opens, if they're not near the threshold of people know who's, who has been vaccinated, who hasn't been vaccinated. I don't know how much it'll get out in the public realm. I, you know, I don't know how many, how many writers across the country are, are going to be asking these questions or are you having them answered? Uh, so I saw it today. Just, just, I mean, a couple of teams have started, right? And there were some media availabilities. I saw uh, Zeke Elliott was asked about it today. And Zeke is a guy who had COVID last year, uh, from what we understand, had it fairly bad. Yes. Um, and he talked about getting the shot. He said, I got it, 
But he also said he's not going to go try to influence other people in the locker room, which is something Jalen Ramsey said as well. Um, I would, you know, I would make the case. You don't have to try to influence people. You don't have to try to talk people into it. But if there are people with questions or there are people that really, because in general, when you see somebody say, hey, I, I'm just asking questions. They're not asking questions. No. They made up their mind, and the, you know that's that's what they're saying. It's on its way. Yeah, yeah. But if you you know if you do talk to people and say, "Hey, listen, you know, I had it. I understand how bad it is. Um, I've looked into it. I feel like the vaccine is safe. I got it. I had no side effects. Um, it's worked out well for me. And you know, we're in a position where you know we can move forward and and have some some relaxed restrictions as a team and get back to some normalcy. And that's that's what the vaccine's always been about is trying to get to normalcy. So. Yeah, I mean, I think th- there's going to be certain players that are going to talk about it that aren't going to talk about it. It's going to be hot button issues, I think, in, in some locker rooms. But in the end, uh, you've heard a lot of coaches that say, "Hey, look, it's just a competitive advantage if we get vaccinated." And I'm trying to get my players to, to get there. We've heard other coaches, Sean McDermott, you know, said it could be a tiebreaker on who makes the roster or not, which absolutely makes sense if you have two guys that are of equal ability, and one's going to help you get over the threshold and the other isn't. That's going to be that's going to weigh into some decision making. I mean, that's I think that would be unique only because it's the NFL. And I don't know if it's 50 50 and I don't know how often that happens. But you're right. um, And they play the same position. If they're that equal, then I'm taking the vaccinated guy. That's not even a question. Now, again, these are crazy, like nutty uh, people who only want to win and realize that all that matters. So if it's 55, 45 or 60, 40, but the guy on the low end is not or it's not vaccinated. And on the high end, they might take him at 60-40 just because they want to win more games. Right. Yeah. And, and again, these are all issues that nobody really – you know, a year ago – I guess a year ago they would. But, you know, 18 months ago, this is insane to even think that these things sure. are going to be happening or possible. But sure, we saw it happen. And, you know, Mark Davis today ex- expressed some – I don't want to say pessimism, but, you know, two months ago he was 100% certain it was going to be 100% capacity at games. And now yeah. – He's starting to say, I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if we're going to be there. So, you know, there is a lot to think about. There's a lot to, you know, to ponder going into the season here. And um, I I think, you know, as much as we want this to be behind us and as much as we thought, hey, once we get the vaccine, this is going to be a thing of the past. I don't know how many people foresaw how controversial this was going to be. And, and, you know, you're hearing players say, you know, I'm not going to get vaccinated. Well, you, you know, you have many vaccines in you already, right? I mean, you, you oh, haven't, yes. you haven't vaccinated just to go to school yeah. uh, and, and just to be a part of society. Like you've, you've already got vaccines. So, you know, don't say you're never going to get vaccinated. You've, you've been vaccinated. Uh, this is just somehow has become political, which it never should have. Uh, and it's, it's kind of scary. Uh, but, you know, we thought once we got it, we were going to be better and, and move on. And it just hasn't been able to happen. Uh, and, and, and with the Raiders in particular, we know, you know, Jalen Rashad before this has come out as anti-vax. Yes. Not about the COVID vaccine, about vaccines in general. Uh, he said for his family, it's not something that he wants to do. He doesn't want his children vaccinated for anything. And this seems to be no different. You know, he, he said today, uh, basically, hey, I, I took what he said. and It's a pretty vague uh, it was, tweet. It was a very vague, strange, however you want to point it, the, the tweet seemed to have it could have three or four meanings. I went back and I after I asked you about it, I thought opposite view. Then I actually read it to my wife. She thought the same thing you did that was anti-vax. So I kind of came around to that. But if you read it, it was a little confusing as to what he was talking about. Well I think what he's saying, I actually give him credit because what I took it to mean was, hey listen, if you're gonna make the decision to not get the vaccine, 
you have to be incredibly responsible to your teammates by just staying home and not doing anything. Right. Which I think is what he's saying of, you know, there, there comes responsibility with the decision to not get it. Like I, I see too many people who are like, I don't care. I'm not getting it. I'm going to live my life. Well, what he's saying is, Hey, if you're going to choose this, you're choosing it because you believe that vaccines are wrong and bad. And you have you have to then take it upon yourself to have responsibility for your health. That that's how I was taking his tweet of, "Hey, go ahead and don't get it if you don't believe in it, but you better stay home." Then he said, "Live like you're in jail," and then he kind of softened and said, "Hey, not jail, whatever." But he said, "Live like you're in jail. Be home. You don't go into society because you're you're not vaccinated and you're making that decision for yourself. So you have to protect yourself and society by not going out, not being a part of anything because." You truly believe in it. Not that you're like, I'm just not going to get it and I don't care. I'm going to live my life. So I, I kind of respect his stance on this of being a little bit more um, informed and responsible. Well, I, I, I do know that they open camp Tuesday. And my guess is, especially coming off this, uh, some, if not many players, I don't know how many we're going to be able to talk to out there on a daily basis, are at least going to be asked about this. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what Gruden's response is and his players as they kind of go forward to tr- before they open the season at home against Baltimore and, you know, we'll see in terms of their vaccination levels. Okay. Before we end, I have to get this to you. I've wanted to ask you for the few weeks now. I hope you've thought about it. You know, the family and I fell in love with a show on Netflix called, uh, actually it might've been on Hulu. I, I don't know who I'm giving credit to called alone. There's been about seven seasons where they literally take 10 people out to the Arctic and they put them like three or four miles away from each other. And you got to live off the land. You got to fish, you got to hunt, build your own place, build your own fire. Um, people lose 80 pounds. I mean, they just get sick and everything. The people we know at, at in, in, in Las Vegas and to, to the media, would, would this be, who do you think is like the leading person that could survive the most days? These people are out there sometimes for 70, 80, 90, hundred days. One guy was out there for hundred days. He actually like killed a boar with a, with a, with a, with a arrow and went down and just skinned the thing right then. I, I don't know if that's you or I at this point. It's not me. I wouldn't make it 10 minutes. Would you be would you be flagging the helicopter to come back and get you? I have said, Ed, uh, that I not only could I not survive, I wouldn't even try. If you if you tell me I'm more than 10 minutes from a Starbucks, I'm out. And it's not even it's not that I love Starbucks that much. Like I mean I do love coffee, but it's more just Starbucks is everywhere. And if you're more than 10 minutes away from it, you're you're not in a place that I want to be. Well, winter gets well, on the one day they had to go 100 days and winter got a million dollars. And the guy who won was literally not a human. He was, he was half half man, half animal, because this is the guy who shot the boar. Uh, he, he ate blood with his He ate all the blood. It was it, it, the guy wasn't human, but he won easily 100 days. He could have spent another 100 out there, got a million on most of the other seasons. It's whoever taps out last, whoever lasts the longest gets 500,000. You can tap out at any time. You have a phone and you have to call. It's just like the sport you cover MMA and you call and say, hey, I'm tapping out. They send the helicopter. They take you away. I've always felt really bad for the people who came in second because here's the thing: you don't know who's tapping out. You don't know how many people are left. So when you're down oh. to two, when you're down to two, and you've lost eighty pounds, and 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 I, I, the stories, Adam, the stories about constipation and these crazy stories that go along with this stuff is just amazing. How about this? Do they tell you when you're the last one? Like you don't keep going oh, if you're the last right. one standing. When you? you're the last one, and we haven't figured out how they do this. They okay okay so they send you with a camera to where you're always filming your life their way right so that's how they show all these people they they go from one person to the next and you see fish and you see them live their life so, you know doing the fire um, eating rats 
eating squirrels, uh, rabbits, anything they can catch to eat and skin. How do so, they get? How do they get power for the camera? That's a great question. I don't know if they have battery packs. It's a great question. I, I don't. I never asked that question, but the, but they're always on camera. They're always on camera. So when the last one is standing and everyone else is tapped out, they bring a loved one in, a wife, a husband, someone. And I don't know how they do it, but I have Googled enough to know they do do this. It's not, it is a surprise. And you know, you have to do daily checkups. Like every three or four days, they come to do a, a medical checkup and they'll kick people off. Like you've lost hundred pounds, your organs are shutting down, you need to leave now. So, but they'll bring the loved one into the champion and the person like a wife will sneak up behind him and he'll turn around and she'll be there. So that, that when the loved one comes, you know, you've won. Okay. Uh, so I'm trying to consider, first of all, I'm, I'm not a part of this conversation. I'm out. I wouldn't even go. Uh, I know you're out. You're, there's no chance you're doing it. I'm trying to I'm limit it. I'm lasting a day. I, I, I'm lasting until I miss a fish. I'm no, lasting a day. No, you won't. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. So I'm going to try to limit it to like, because, you know, a lot of our listeners are, are Raiders fans, obviously. I'm trying to limit it to who covers the Raiders. Um, I'm going to limit it. I'll first start with somebody around our orbit. And I'm going to say that Sam Gordon could be uh, okay. I, you hit it on the head. Minnesota kid survived all those winters. Uh, he's in great shape. Although here's the problem with him. He's in too good a shape. couple people who've been on that show are very smart. They put on about 30 to 40 before the show. If you go in, they're all fit. And like, like, like Sammy is like with 8% or two, 5% body fat, you got no chance. Cause you just lose too much weight at that point. Sure. But I so think he'd, he'd be smart who, enough. I think he would, he would go with a trainer, find out what he has to do. To and then he would, he would prepare. Yeah. He, he would consult with a trainer and get into the right, the right frame of mind, the right shape to do it. So I'm going to go Sam and our orbit. Yeah. I'm going to say like the, so the, I'm going to also say the Raiders, the Raiders media in general, fairly soft. Yes. Uh, like I'm going through like Vic, no chance. Uh, it wouldn't happen. Uh, that's Vic Tafer from the athletic, of course. Uh, Paul Gutierrez, no way. Uh, I, no I'm way. not, I'm not giving our, I'm not giving our guy Vinny a pass either. Vinny's not doing this. No chance on Vinny. No, no. Um, chance. So I'm 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 looking out, exploring a little bit further. Uh, I don't think like Tashawn Reed wouldn't be able to make it without the wine for like three days. Uh, yeah, uh, he's out, and he's he's fairly soft too. Even our um, good, even our good friend Miles Simmons without the General Hospital oh, and the wine and stuff. Miles like, isn't he making would, it. Two Miles hours. wouldn't get off the plane. He, he'd worry about his clothes getting dirty and stuff, and he'd so, have pristine clothes on. He'd never make it. But I think the obvious answer here there's a there's a surefire winner. And it's Hondo Carpenter. Uh, Hondo is a hunter. Illustrated? Yeah. Uh, Hondo is a, he's a hunter. We know that. Uh, I feel like, I feel like he's probably gone seven days out in the wilderness at some point anyway. Uh, So I'm guessing he could do this. And another key factor, I don't think he's a guy that's going to miss the comforts of home. Like just as a, as a side story. I mean, I'm, I was, I actually admired this about him. Uh, he last year discovered Netflix for the first time because he never watches television. He had never watched Netflix, and, and he uh, just as a as a side note for you know for those listening who who do follow the writers and follow the media people that are in it. Uh, myself, Vic Tafer, Paul Gutierrez, um, almost every day will make Cobra Kai references. Right, right. Uh, I mean, it's almost every day, and usually many of them. So. Hondo got Netflix to watch Cobra Kai so that he wouldn't be lost every day when we're making all these references. And then after he got through Cobra Kai, he said to us, 
guys, is there anything else on this Netflix that I should watch? Okay. All right, then I've got the final two in the book as Hondo and Sam Gordon. And they and they yeah. bring they bring different strengths to the table. Because you know that Arctic. I don't know where Hondo I don't know where Hondo hunts, but this Arctic, it's like 40 below. You gotta have your own you gotta build your own structure with the wood and the and the cutting down the trees with the axe. You're allowed to bring 10 items. And I didn't want to talk to you about your items. They'd be like nine of them, they'd be coffee related. You can bring 10 items. So most people bring something to start the fire with the axe, maybe a sleeping bag, but you gotta chop down the tree and build your hut. I think Sam could do that. I think I think Sam, in a weird way, though, I think Sam's just in too good a shape. I think he, I, I don't know if he'd last. No, I'm making Hondo a big favorite. I like, I don't even think Hondo knows what temperature it is on a day to day basis. Like, he just, he just exists. So I don't think he'd be cold or hot or anything. He'd be fine. Uh, can, can like three of my items be laptops and tablets? Well, yeah, no, you can bring anything you want. You, you, you can bring anything. Now, again, that's stupid. Because you got to have fishing equipment and things to kill animals and stuff. But you, so I don't know if I'd take three First tablets. Of all, no, I don't. I'm I'm ordering Uber Eats and uh, I'm ordering <laughs> items off Amazon. That's what I'm doing. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not hunting or killing anything. Oh, you would have loved it when they all, they Adam, like 40 days in, they literally emotionally will cry every day they can catch a rat and eat it. Oh, this is ridiculous. <laughs> no, it's like, they make them on the kebabs. They'll eat. I, I know this is well. Just go watch it. I'm not being gross because you can watch it on television. To get the if they if they're not if they don't have enough fat in their diet, that's when their sh- systems start shutting down. So they go into the rat like um, uh, guts and they kind of like squeeze that out, and that kind of there's some kind of protein or something in there that like replenishes their system. Oh yeah, crazy. Yeah, I'm not watching. So you, then, can, you can spoil it all you want. I'm not going to check it out. And then even if you kill like a deer, you got to worry about like the werewolves or the wolves at night coming and eating that. And, and, and the thing I would freak out, I'd be gone after one night only because when it's dark at night and you're in your tent or whatever, there's like bears and wolves like right outside, like walking around. I couldn't get through the night. I don't know how these people last this long. No, no, I'm, I'm out. I'll, I'll be out. Yeah. You said you would make it through the night. I, I would get there and then just get back on the plane. <laughs> I wouldn't even let the plane uh, take off. All right, well, we'll we'll put Hondo. You're, you're you're Mr. Odds guy now. Give me a, give me an odds on Hondo and Sam Sam Gordon. Uh, I'm gonna make Hondo like 150 over Sam. Okay, all right. Well, we'll throw it out there. I just I, I, I think those are the only two candidates. Oh, there's nobody else. Vinny, me, you, come on, Heidi <laughs> Fang, no. Cassie Soto. There's no, no chance any of those people are out there. No. Um, uh, go out and if you're listening to the podcast or interested at all. Get to Hulu. It's called Alone. There's seven seasons, and all you have to do is watch one and realize there are people out there much, much tougher than uh, any of us. All right, that's going to do it for our latest edition of Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation. This podcast has been brought to you by the Las Vegas Review Journal and presented by Blue Wire. Remember, now there are new episodes of Vegas Nation every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Just subscribe to Vegas Nation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcasting app. You can support this show by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and can find all our coverage at VegasNation.com. For Larry, Adam, I'm Ed. We'll talk to you next week from training camp. I'm Jeff Gehrman, an investigative reporter with the Las Vegas Review-Journal. In partnership with the Mob Museum, I'm your guide for season two of Mobbed Up, The Fight for Las Vegas, a true story about money. And so it was their piggy bank. They had the ability to get loans for whoever they wanted to get loans for. Crime. You're in with every gangster and hoodlum in the United States. I don't go for that, Mr. Kennedy. I don't go for that kind of action. And the battle to control the strip. 
I was on television accused of fronting for the mob. We were very angry and very upset, and we knew we had been double-crossed. Subscribe to Mobbed Up, The Fight for Las Vegas, Season 2, today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by Pro Group Management. Additional sponsorship provided by El Cortez and the Golden Steer.